What's up, everybody? Back for another edition of Shoot the Shot. Here, of course, with me is my friend Midday. Midday, you know the drill. How was the weekend? Hello, everybody. It's great to be here. <laughs> my weekend was highlighted by... Is there periods between all of these words? There are. Can you see okay. them while I speak I, with the subtitles? I, I can't see them. <laughs> that would be funny. No, but my weekend was pretty great. Got to spend it with some friends and played a golf scramble on oh. Sunday, just yesterday, at Earlham College. Shout out to Earlham. And we played with three of my other college teammates, and we actually made two pars the entire day and still shot 19 under. Could you believe it? That's incredible. So you had a couple of eags in there. Oh, three eagles. We had a great time. Uh, there was a group of older gentlemen who ac- accused us of cheating. Um, I was ready to throw hands at a moment's notice, and I was like, let's get it going. They didn't want any of this smoke, but uh, it all turned out okay, and we had a good time. Great seeing friends. How was your weekend, Sam? Uh, Mine was good. Less eventful. Didn't fight, uh, almost fight old people, so that's... No? Wow. No. Um, But yeah, I just did some, uh, some basketball stuff. I actually coach aau so oh uh, we had some tryouts um for aau on saturday and then sunday did some basketball training that's awesome uh for some kids so those, think those... I could, make, could i make the team um you would probably make the team yes i i, I think you'd be one of the taller players on oh the, uh, nice how old the, the kids are we talking sixth grade team the sixth graders that's <laughs> Yeah, no, I could probably be a nice little two guard for him for sure. Can you imagine a six one, six two, two guard in sixth grade? Uh, I'm six two, thank you very much. But yeah, no, that would be okay. Awesome. That was with shoes. We didn't measure you yet without shoes for your official measurement. Yeah, exactly. I was uh, definitely not this size in sixth grade and a little bit chunkier. Um, some good pictures if you contact my mother. I'm sure she could dig up for you. I was about six one, but I shrank. You shrank. Yeah, yeah. it was weird. You're like a Benjamin Button kind of deal. Sort of, yeah. I'm still Came shrinking, out of like I think. Seven foot two, your poor mother. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's not very big either. I mean, she's like five no. three. No, yeah, on a good day. <laughs> on a good day. Anyway, next episode, we'll talk more about mother's heights. But let's get into this. <laughs> right, right you are. So, um, no Browns, obviously, this weekend. Ooh. Sad face, kind of. But, you know, it was nice to have a, a week off to, you know, kind of get our emotions back, I think, <laughs> um, before we play the Patriots next week. Um, so, you know, there were some NFL games on yesterday, of course, um, but we're actually not going to be talking about the NFL in today's episode. Meta, oh. Are you surprised or sad? I'm uh, surprised, but not sad, because admittedly did not catch too many of the football games yesterday. Mm-hmm. During the golf scramble, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't rushing to my TV. But we are going to be talking about our last NBA divisions, the Southeast and the Northwest. Two very, very opposite divisions, wouldn't you say, Mede? I would say this might be the the worst and the best that we're doing here. Yeah, so we're going to start with the, um, you know, probably the the least exciting one of the entire league, probably. Uh-oh. Um, not even just these two, but of the entire league. So let's start with um, the Southeast. And. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
So we're going to start with the Southeast, and Michael Scott's just yelling over me. Oh, man. Let's start with the Atlanta Hawks, okay? So Hawks are extremely young, okay? Obviously, Trey Young, kind of that that cornerstone um, piece for them, had a great rookie season uh, himself. Okay, the Hawks were 29-53. and 53. As a team, they're over under for this season is 34 and a half. So they're kind of giving them about five, maybe six uh, more wins with just where the over under is placed at. Um, but Trey Young, rookie of the year, runner up, um, averaged 19, three, and eight assists last year. Kevin Herter, 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 say, say it for me, Herter. Kevin Herter. Um, I guess uh, one of the better shooters actually on their team kind of a sneaky sneaky shooter sneaky athletic as well well he is a white guy yeah so, so you know he's a shooter <laughs> and you know they describe it as sneaky athletic you can't just yeah. be normal athletic hilarious god forbid we call like christian mccaffrey actually athletic it's got to be a secret yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but then they got deandre hunter from virginia um, a sophomore from Virginia in this year's draft drafted him fourth overall. Was that it was right after the Cavs, right? No, uh, fifth. fifth. It was fifth. Fifth overall. That's right. They had five so, and eight. Yeah, no, five and ten. Or they had five and eight, and then they moved to ten. Yeah, they draft. You're right. Traded back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but they got DeAndre Hunter in the draft. Um, John Collins in his third season, I believe, out of Wake Forest. Uh, he is, you know, probably just as important as Trey, I would say. Mm. Um, fun fact, the Hawks were 24 and 37 when Collins was in the lineup last year and five and 16 when he wasn't. Wow. So very important to the team. Yeah. Um, Alex Len, uh, rounding out that top five at center. My God, I thought you were talking to me for a second. I panicked. No, I don't say your first name anymore. <laughs> I know. That's why my heart jumped. <laughs> um, and then obviously added uh, Cam Reddish uh, with the 10th overall pick. I think that he is going to have a great rookie season. A lot of people kind of, you know, dogged him a little bit for his inconsistent season at Duke. But it's tough when you're the man, you know, all throughout high school. And then you come into a team where you're third in shots per game and like you're kind of an afterthought when it comes to like, you know, Zion and RJ stealing the show. Mm. Um, But then Vince Carter, the ageless wonder on the bench. Yeah. On the bench. Greatest dunker of all time. Uh, And then they actually added Jabari Parker this off season too, which is definitely uh, interesting. I would say interesting to say the least, but what a career path he's had. Yeah. He definitely has been a bit of a disappointment you know, from that number two overall pick he was. Oh yeah. He's been, he's been passed around more than a catchphrase game so far. Yeah. Um, but I am going to give my over under, and then I want you to talk about the Hawks a little bit and then give your over under if that's cool with you. Sure. Um, so their over under, as I said, was 34 and a half. Um, and they won 29 games last season. I'm going to give the Hawks the over. Mm. Uh, it's not going to be by a lot. I'm going to say it's going to be maybe like 35, 36. So one or two games over that over under, but, uh, the youth, I think, and, you know, kind of another season coming together, bringing in some, some more draft, some more draft picks. I think that Trey's going to be averaging up over 20 this year, 
Uh, John Collins might be averaging around 20 again. He averaged 19 last year. So I'm going to give him the over. Wow. So <laughs> I'm going to give a little disclaimer. I know when we did the other previous divisions, uh, it was a little nice, and I took the over on a lot of teams. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to flip that this time because I am taking the under on this Hawks team. Um, a lot of people are really high on this Hawks team this year um, because they do have a lot of young talent. Um, I'm going to take the opposite angle a little bit on Trey Young and kind of be a little mean. He, I think, is grossly overrated by people right now. I think people look too much at the like um, traditional statistics and he averaged like 19 and 8, which is great for a rookie. Don't get me wrong. But like he was so inefficient and he's literally one of the worst defenders in NBA history. Like his <laughs> his defensive real plus minus, which I know advanced metric stats are really hard to understand for the casual listener. But like it was like the lowest rating for an NBA starter in the last five seasons. Like he was he's so. He's a rookie, he, dude. He's useless on defense. I mean, there's a lot of rookies. So is Steph. So no, Steph <laughs> at least knows where to stand. True. Um, but James yeah, Harden. Not, James Harden tried a little bit harder. Um, yeah. But well, you know, whatever. But I really, I like John Collins a lot, uh, and they're definitely. You already said it. They're they're just a better team when he's on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, but like ESPN had Trey Young as number twenty eight in the NBA. A top yeah, 30 player already. Stop it. Yeah, that's too high. They, like, that why? list is trash, first off. Oh, so my gosh. reference that very much. But. That would be a 17-hour podcast because I'd have to rewrite the whole list because it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so that's – I just think there's not enough veterans on this team to get them any <laughs> kind of Carter consistent success. isn't enough veteran Carter in one person. <laughs> can't necessarily move laterally on defense, but he does – he has been playing in the NBA longer than – uh, Trey Young alive. was alive. That's a real life statistic. Um, love, absolutely love it. But yeah, I'll, I'll get off the Hawks and I'm going to take the under on this one. All right, you're going to take the under on the Hawks. So moving on um, to, and I feel bad for this team. I'm going to be honest. The Charlotte Hornets, okay, who lost Kemba this offseason, <sighs> replaced him with, you know, Scary Terry. Not so scary in Charlotte, very, I guarantee that. Very scary contract. <laughs> so the Charlotte Hornets are, you know, I don't know what they are, okay? but I do. They've got some, you know, some athletes, I'd say, in, uh, you know, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges, um, Dwayne Bacon, Rozier. But I just don't, like... Like, they're athletic, okay, but I don't know if they are good, like, NBA basketball players yet. You know, Terry Rozier's going <laughs> to back up. going to back That's up his... That's unfortunate, because yeah. they do play in the NBA. <laughs> right. <laughs> Terry Rozier's been a backup his entire career, and I know there was the season that, you know, Kyrie got hurt, and he kind of just stepped right in and, and, you know, earned the nickname Scary Terry, but... In the playoffs. I would, yeah. yeah, I would accredit a lot of that success to Brad Stevens because I, as I talked about, you know, when we talked about the the Celtics, how good of a coach he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so their projected starting lineup right now is Terry Rozier, Dwayne Bacon, Miles wait, wait. Bridges. Let me get a bucket so I can throw up. Okay, continue. <laughs> oh, I thought I did something wrong. Um, <laughs> Marvin Williams. And Cody Zeller. Marvin Williams. Oh, my yeah. God. 
Um, and then some key reserves. Nobody. <laughs> for them, we've got Nick Batum, uh, Malik Monk, Bismack Biombo. Okay. And uh, let's just say this. So Terry Rozier last year, nine points a game. Dwayne Bacon last year, seven points a game. Miles Bridges last year, seven and a half points a game. Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller last year, 10.1 points per game each. Oh. Uh, Malik Monk, 8.9. Nick Batum, 9.3. Bismack Biombo, 4.4. So nobody really can put the ball in the hoop very well. No, and that seems to present a number of issues. Yeah, considering you need to put the ball in the hoop to win a lot of games. Allegedly. Um, allegedly. The, and then the Charlotte Hornets last season, was they were 39-43. and 43 on the, oh, I should say Kemba Walker was 39-43. and 43. Um, That makes you just realize how amazing he is, I think, mm-hmm. looking at this projected starting five. But their over-under for this season is 23 and a half. Um, I, I'm, I think I'm just going to take the under Yeah, because be correct, (laughs) because I don't trust any of these players and I wish that their, you know, their owner or part owner could play with them because I feel like they would actually get a couple more wins. Yeah. I think Michael Jordan's probably their number one reserve. Yeah. So if he suited up and uh, threw on a jersey. I am also, spoiler alert here, going to take the under. I don't think they get anywhere near 20 wins. I think this is a 17-win max team. Let me just go in on them for a little bit here. Do you it. said you don't know what this team is. This team is bad. This is the worst team in the NBA, and I don't think it's close. Um, the starting lineup, I've never seen a worse combination of like terrible talent yeah. combined with terrible contracts. Nick Batum, wait for it, is making $27 million. Wait, 27 Nick, this season? Nick Batum, over, tw- well, wait, over $25 million this year, and then he has a uh. player option for 27 next season. And let me, let me just go on the <laughs> limb here. He'll probably opt into that $27 million. Probably uh, has to, right? To not average 10 points a game or whatever you said he was averaging. And then you've got Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is still floating on this team who still shoots from the complete opposite side of his body. Right. Uh, he's making $13 million. Bismack Biombo, who's terrible, makes $17 million. Cody Zeller's do like $30 million over the next two seasons. And then they paid Terry Rozier, who I don't know if you watched the Celtics last year. Uh, Terry Rozier sucked. Um, he's ma- they gave him $58 million over three seasons. Like, wh- wh- what? Uh, can I have his agent as my agent for my next like interview for a job? Because he's apparently he's going to double my salary without even having to me be in the room. Um not I'm not going to this is just my last point here. Not going to pretend like NBA 2K is any kind of authority on player skill. But no one on this team for the video game is rated in the 80s. So they might as well not even put it on the video game because no one's going to pick this team. Are you saying they're worse than the Cavs? I'm saying they're worse than the Cavs. They're worse hmm. No, they're not quite worse than the Cavs when they had Baron Davis, but they're close. Like that was these are historically bad teams. Do not ever watch the Hornets <laughs> play this year. I beg of you. That's I'm taking sad. the under. Under okay. by a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're both taking the under on the Hornets. Surprise, surprise. You lose Kemba Walker. You lose hella wins. 
Uh, so moving on to, you know, one of the more interesting and actually decent basketball teams in this division, uh, the Miami Heat, who added, obviously, Jimmy Butler this offseason. Um, and just a quick little note, their rookie, Tyler Hero, um, tearing up, you know, the preseason a little bit. That kid can shoot it up. Oh, yeah. Um, but their projected starting five is uh, still got Goran Dragic at the one. Um, Dion Waiters at the two, which I, I believe he was suspended, actually, because of, like, behavioral issues. Is that yeah. true? Content or... Yeah. What? I, I don't on. think we're... I don't think we are... Um, Shocked by that, you know, Dion being on the cast for a, no. a couple of years. He's a little moody. Kind of a shithead. <laughs> um, Men lie, but, women lie, buckets don't. Yeah. Um, and then you got Jimmy Butler, uh, Kelly Olenek, and Bam Adebayo um, for their starters. So then I mentioned Tyler Hero, uh, Justice Winslow, James Johnson, Myers Leonard, all coming off the bench. Um. You know, they're an interesting team led by Jimmy Butler. I don't I don't know how great Jimmy Butler is at leading teams, mm. as we mentioned kind of previously. Interesting um, uh, history for him. Yeah. So, you know, their last season record was also 39 and 43 over under this year, getting a bump up to 43 and a half with the addition of Jimmy. Um, I think Bam Adebayo is going to have a better year, probably average double figures. Um, crazy athletic, great in the paint. Uh, so, you know, just another stepping stone in his young career. I think Kelly Olenek is okay. He can shoot the ball. He's a, a stretch, stretch, flo- stretch four. Um, uh, Drogic, I feel like is kind of starting to hit that decline. He was, you know, in the upper teens, I think previous seasons like you know two years ago three years ago as far as points per game um but only averaged about 13 last year i i think i'm gonna take i think i'm gonna take the under on the miami heat really yeah i don't it's not gonna be like, I don't think they're going to be that much under. I mean, most of these are very close anyways. Like, I think they can still get to 40-41. I just don't think they're going to get to 44-38. Okay. So, I am going to disagree again. And I'm going to take the over on this Miami Heat team. Because everyone else sucks in the East. Specifically, their division. Um, I think Jimmy Butler... We're going to see if he can actually uh, be happy and play basketball on a team where he gets to lead himself and maybe in a city that he likes because everywhere else he goes, he seems like he's complaining about something. But uh, so we'll see how that translates on the court. Um, like you said, I do like their other pieces with Dragic Winslow, uh, Bam Adebayo. I think Bam Adebayo definitely sees an uptick in production without Whiteside getting in the way. Um yeah, I just think this is a good team, and I think they're probably going to be a little bit active at the deadline uh, to get some help because Pat Riley is uh, anything but complacent as far as executives go, and he's going to want to fill out this roster for whatever needs uh, he sees best fit mm-hmm. for uh, maybe a late, maybe a set. This I think this is a second round playoff team to be honest. 
okay. in this Eastern Conference. So I'm taking the over on the Heat. Okay. So moving on uh, to the Orlando Magic. Okay. Uh, Orlando Magic last year uh, were actually the winners of this division, if you could believe it. I still can't. I no, almost don't I, even believe it now, and I can see yeah. the records right here. <laughs> I saw that when we were getting the uh, the rundown ready to go, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way the Magic won this division last year. <laughs> they made the but playoffs. they did. They did, yep. And they were 42-40, and 40, okay? They uh, are dropping a little bit on their over-under, actually a half win. So, you know, they're expecting them to be pretty much the same this upcoming season. Uh, you know, they've got a solid core for sure. Um, you know, with guys like Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, uh, then you added Mo Bamba last year, <laughs> uh, Jonathan Isaac. So the thing about the magic that's very questionable to me is the fact that they keep drafting big men. And I don't know if it's a, best available on their board type draft like they they just say all right this is the best available guy he's there just take him it is confusing with that but that is in a way what the philadelphia 76ers did and it netted them uh and so maybe they're trying to follow that model possibly yeah so and then you've got dj augustine starting at point guard evan fournier who's actually um pretty good uh Good score. 15, yeah, average 15 a game last year. Pretty quiet, I would say. You know, you don't, you didn't hear a lot about him. No, last don't, season. don't Google his last name, by the way. <laughs> Just don't do it. It's a warning. Don't do it. Don't do it. So, Fournier, uh, Gordon averaged 16 a game last year. Um, reminds me a lot of young Blake Griffin. I think that's a pretty good comparison. Mm hmm. Um, and then Jonathan Isaac, uh, was a rookie, I believe two seasons ago yep. for them out of Florida state lottery pick. Um, hopefully for their sake, he, he takes that big step forward because last year averaged uh, nine, a game, five boards. So, you know, you're kind of looking at that third year. Okay. Like it's, it's, it's like now or never, right? This is Definitely. where teams either decide, you know, if you're going to be a part of their their franchise and their organization moving forward, or they're just going to let you walk in free agency. So, and then Vucevic, who, you know, one of the more underrated players in the league, I would say, averaging 20 and 12 last year. Um, so, you know, definitely one of the more surprising teams and a team that you kind of forget about are the Orlando Magic. So they're over under for this season's that 41 and a half. Uh, I think I'm going to take the under here. Mm. Barely. Um, Barely. Barely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take that that 41 and a half and, and take the under for the Magic. Yes. I am going to agree with you on the under with the Magic. I think they overachieved significantly last year. I have no reason to believe that this team is actually good. I think they kind of just got lucky last year. Um, I told you I was going to be mean with this division. Uh, I don't know if I can be confident with any team that's rolling out DJ Augustine and Markel Fultz, who looks like he has a case of the hiccups whenever he shoots outside of eight feet. Uh, that's their point guard depth is DJ Augustine 
and Markel Fultz. I repeat again. Um, the bright spots, as you said, obviously, is a little bit of Fournier because he can shoot. Uh, he can score the ball. Uh, doesn't play a ton of defense. And then Vucevic is, is, was an all-star last year, so he's, he's, he's fine. I'm okay with them. They just signed him this offseason. I think he was a restricted free agent maybe. And they signed him, which I'm I'm good with because he's still pretty young. You can build around him. If it doesn't work, then he's he's still a good uh, trade centerpiece for them. But as far as the record this year, I think I'm taking the under with confidence. Gotcha. All righty. So moving on to the last team in the Southeast Division, we've got the Washington Wizards who just gave uh, Bradley Beal a pretty fat contract. Thick. I would say. Um you know, wanting to keep him around. There was a lot of speculation on whether or not he would be traded. Um, the Lakers were a team that were was definitely in that um, in that running. Um, so what's going on with John Wall right now? John Wall is actually dead, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no, he's still recovering from the injury, and I really don't think he's going to play this year either. Are you serious? I am dead serious. Oh my god, dude! What a waste of money. Yep, 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 yep. Because he's making a bit of cash. Yeah, we want me to tell you he's going to make, on average, over forty million dollars for the next four seasons. Oh my god! So that takes that takes the crown for our worst contract (laughs) in the NBA currently. And it really just screws the Wizards because they're just so tied up right now that they literally yep. can't do anything with that money. It's untradeable. It's an untradeable which, contract. Which would definitely um, you know, explain their starting lineup, uh, their projected starting lineup, You know, rolling out Ish Smith at the one, Bradley Beal, obviously, at the two, Troy Brown, Trash. who I'm pretty sure that's a Hall of Fame receiver. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, seen him again. Davis Bertans at the four and then Thomas Ooh. Bryant okay. at the five. I am kind of curious to see how their rookie does. Rui Hachimura. 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 I think he's actually a pretty good player. I think it's a maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Good to see. Good to see him. Um, Mo Wagner from the Lakers. They signed this offseason um, coming into his second year, I believe. And then actually Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench. Uh, kind of a wild card there, but you know he's had some health <laughs> issues the last uh, two seasons, kind of you know ruining his Laker and uh, Denver, um, you know stints. Yeah. So I, I don't really want to talk about this team very long because, frankly, I don't know anything about Thomas Bryant, Davis Bertans, Troy Brown, or Ish Smith. I mean, I know a little bit about Ish Smith, but like, oh yeah, it's pretty much Bradley Beal. And he could average 30 points a game this year. Like, Oh, it's a maybe for sure. On, on 25 shots, but it's going to be around 30. Their over-under is 26 and a half, and I'm going to have to take the under for sure just because, like I just said, I don't know who the hell they've got. Yeah, so this is yet another bad team in this division. Um, the whole division is terrible, except for the Heat. Um, I think the Heat are okay. Uh, but yeah, Bradley Beal's the only lone bright spot. He just signed that big extension like we talked about. Um, I don't really think that means anything in terms of his tradeability. I think they'll still be shopping him around the same way they would be if they didn't Has sign him. To. Have to. Um, yeah, I think 
the reason he did that, it's more like, let me get my money and we'll figure out the rest later. Mm. Um, but yeah, John Wall's still hurt. Like I said, he's not going to make, uh, not going to probably not going to play this season. He's still going to make all the money. So that's rough to deal with. Um, I guess, I mean, Thomas Bryant is a relatively promising young big guy. Um, He's probably going to get a bigger role this year, and he did play well when he did have that um, expanded role towards the end of last season. Um, But really, outside of that, this whole season's going to be spent shopping Bradley Beal and trying to get as many future assets as they possibly can. So, real quick before you give me your your over-under, or I think, did you already give it? I didn't, but it's it's obvious. Um, So, if you had, (laughs) right, if you had, you know, to pick a team of where you think Bradley Beal could possibly end up real quick. What, who do you think is, give me like two likely suitors. Okay. So I think what intrigues me most for a Bradley Beal destination is maybe Denver. Um, that would cost quite a few, not quite a few, but a couple of their good young chunks, probably Michael Porter jr. Gary Harris and some, uh, some good draft picks. Maybe, honestly, Miami might take a flyer on him. Like I mentioned, they might be looking Ooh, to, to add. That could be interesting. Yeah. It could be interesting for sure. That's two pretty good scores that they would have. Um, other than that, there's a few teams that don't really have the, um, the, the contracts really to line it up in terms of adding him and then still remaining a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what Washington might try to get out of somebody is is say we'll give you Beal, but you got to take John Wall too, because they want that that big ugly contract off their books. Oh. And that's so sad because John Wall, when he was active, healthy, good John Wall is a top six seven point guard in this league, no question. Oh yeah. So it's really sad to see what he's become, but I mean Achilles tears are tough to come back from, especially when you got a guy like him who re- relies so much on his his quickness. Speed. Yeah. Right. So I, I just feel bad. Yeah, so let's move on. Um, you gave the under because you said it was obvious, so I'm going to go yeah. ahead and mar- mark you down there for the under. Big under. Um, we're going to move on to the Northwest Division, uh, one of the more competitive divisions for sure. you got the Denver Nuggets, uh, Trailblazers, Utah Jazz, Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. So three teams above 46.5 for their over-under this year. Um, let's, let's begin – with the Denver Nuggets, okay? Okay. Solid, very solid team, obviously, led by Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, great coaching. You've got Jokic, Millsap, Will Barton, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris. Um, you know, they're, they're projected starters. And then you mentioned Michael Porter Jr. Um, actually, you know, being able to play this season after his back surgery. Uh, Jeremy Grant, Torrey Craig, Monte Morris, all coming off the bench. This team is like, it's so fun to like watch it. Cause like there's absolutely like, you, you know, you have the, that hate for players. Like we hated the Warriors mostly because <laughs> they beat the Cavs up in the finals. Yep. Um, cheated. And then there's other players that you kind of, you know, you just have like a bad feeling. You like, you don't like them. You know what I mean? Yes. And I don't get that from anybody on the Nuggets. And I don't know if maybe that's because, you know, they're always playing at 1030. So I get to watch like two games a year. Right. Right. But, you know, they're a good full squad. Like they've got all the pieces to be able to go out and compete for a championship. Um, 
I think that the thing that they're lacking is, you know, kind of like this, this superstar. Like I, I, I would put Jokic in like the, he's a definite star category, but when I think of superstars, I'm thinking of guys that are going to be in, you know, the like top, like three MVP voting at, at a certain point in their career, you know, like in their prime, maybe. Um, and then maybe a guy that's going to go out and be able, like, I don't know if Jokic can take over a game very much just because he's so like troll, like, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I feel like Embiid can take over a game. I don't know. What do you like? What do you think about at least Jokic? Yeah, I think Jokic is is a special player, but I do. I kind of get the vibe you're you're saying is it's hard having a center be your best player when they can't really dribble the ball mm-hmm. for themselves. They have to be set up, and I know Jokic is an incredible passer, but you know, ball handling and stuff. Definitely not one of his strong suits. Neither is conditioning. And yeah, he tends to to fade away a little bit at the end of some long uh, physical games. But I think he's fine. I think he's great. I think he's a top 10 player in this league. The issue with the Nuggets, I think, is Jamal Murray. And that's who you need to be. He's going to have to take a step up because he got a thick contract, five-year, $170 million. And... I really don't know about that one myself because really? he he real like he had a good playoff series, but not a whole playoffs as a whole last season. And really, the regular season was really hit or miss. He's he's just a streaky, inconsistent guy. And yikes! Yeah, I don't know. He, he, they don't sorry. really have a, a clear number two. To, to your point, I think, as well. They have depth is the strength of the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. Depth and good coaching. I think Murray, I think he's, you know, kind of that clear number two. Um, you know, he just finished his third season. Okay, so we're, we're coming in on year four. Okay, he went nine points a game his rookie year, 16 is his second year, and then 18 last year. So, you know, if the trend continues he should be up over 20 this season um you know he was at 18 on on 15 attempts which you know lebron i think averages around 27 on about 19 attempts um he definitely more efficient and it's not fair to compare jamal murray to lebron but yeah um I think that, you know, he's going to get more shots because that's also increased over the last three seasons. So he's getting paid for it. Yeah, it's not going to be a a huge chunk. But I I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's getting 17 shots a game Um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, making he he made about six point eight field goals per or or from that, you know, 15.6 attempts a game. So, you know, if he's getting around 17 attempts a game and he's making like seven, eight of those shots, he, he should be up around 20, which I, I would say that's where I think he's going to be. And that's why I would put him at, you know, their clear cut number two guy. Yeah. And I, I just don't know what, if he's as good as other teams. Number twos, I guess is my, yeah. my point. Yeah, that's fair too. And I, but I think that they want him to be the number two and that's obviously why they threw all that money at him. 
Yeah. Um, so the Nuggets uh, over under this season is 52 and a half. They won 54 games last year. Um, I'm going to give them the over. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, yeah, I'm going to give them the over. And I'm, I'm not very, I mean, I was hesitant, but I think that I'm definitely confident looking at that 52 and a half and saying, yeah, they're going to win 53 games minimum. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm taking the over. I think this is a very good regular season team. They've got guys that'll try hard. And like I spoke on their depth already, um, Michael Porter Jr. is their X factor as far as deep playoff runs go. Um, if he can become what he was projected to become when he was 17 years old, then they could be, we could be looking at a, uh, Western conference champion right here in the Denver Nuggets. Right. I don't think that's too outlandish to say. So I'll take the over. No, not at all. So moving on to um, the Utah Jazz. Okay, we're going to go to the Jazz, who interesting offseason, adding Mike Conley um, to their backcourt with him and Donovan Mitchell, which is going to be pretty fun, I'd say, both 20-a-game scorers. Um, so, you know, bring in Mike Conley, obviously Donovan Mitchell. They've got Joe Inglis uh, coming back. Uh, ranked fourth in NBA in the NBA in defensive rating. Oh, uh, yeah. So surprising, kind of. Very, because he's you know sneaky white. Yeah, just like Kevin Herter. <laughs> uh, and then they got Bo- Bojan Bogdanovich. Okay, and then Rudy Gobert. Uh, also, Jeff Green, Dante Exum, Royce O'Neal, kind of some key reserves for them. This is a good squad, I think. Yes, they are. Um, I think adding Conley kind of takes a little bit of the load off of Mitchell as far as the scoring goes because, you know, with Ricky Rubio, it was kind of like definitely past first point guard, but he wasn't going to go out there and, you know, average the 20 a game like Conley does. So. Mm-hmm lightens the load on Mitchell and probably opens things up for both of them because Conley didn't exactly have a guy like Mitchell with him in Memphis either. So the jazz over under is 53 and a half, which is actually one over the nuggets. Um, I'm going to take the under here. Mm. Um, they're still a 50 win team in my eyes. I don't think, okay. I don't think they're going to be better than the nuggets this year. Um, but they're still going to be pretty damn good and definitely probably a top, a top six seed. Yes, I think definitely a top six seed. I really, really, really like this jazz team. I really like the addition of Conley pairing him in the backcourt with Mitchell. Um, Mitchell playing with the team USA team, I think gives him a nice confidence boost. Not that he's not a confident player, but. A lot of people are on the this is Dwayne Wade 2.0 kind of train with Donovan Mitchell. And then you pair him with Rudy Gobert, who is already the best defensive center in the league and an elite shot blocker, rim protector kind of guy. So and then he's kind of sneaky, helpful with the scoring. He, he almost averaged 16 points a game last year. Gobert did. So he's a really good pick and roll guy on the offensive side of the ball as well as the defensive side. Um, and then Mike Conley is a great, great point guard and uh, a very unselfish leader. And uh, he's proved himself in uh, for numerous years with the Memphis teams. I'm kind of happy to see him on a team with a chance to contend this year. 
And I really like the Bogdanovich edition. That kind of shores up the shooting with uh, uh, Toby Flenderson or, I mean, Joe Ingles, um, who, yeah, apparently is a good defender, Joe Ingles. I learned that today from you. Very good stat. Um, yeah, I think this team has a good chance to make a deep playoff run. My unfortunate thing is I think I took the over on both both LA teams and the Nuggets. So if I take the over on this team, that means I think everybody's just going to win 50 <laughs> games. And I feel like that creates some problems. But I'm just going to say, what was it? A 52 and a half? 53 and a half for the, oh, the Jazz. Oh, no. Oh, God. Um, 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 um. All right, I'll take the under. I'll just try to be a little more logical. So okay. I think I think we, we're looking at a, a floor of 49 wins for this Jazz team. I really yeah. like them. Yeah, they're pretty good. So moving on to the Trailblazers um, Western Conference, um, a Western Conference Finals appearance last year for them. Um, addition of Hassan Whiteside this offseason, kind of big for them, you know, actually getting a man in the middle. Because um, Nurkic, who is out, you know, indefinitely with that left leg injury. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that at all. Oh, yeah, he snapped it in half. Yeah, that was tough to watch. Um, but obviously, you know, we know the backcourt. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, okay. Rodney Hood, Zach Collins, kind of their their forwards there. Um, and then Whiteside at the center. Definitely, like, you know what you're going to get with the backcourt, okay? You're going to get 20 to 25, or I guess I'd even say 25 to 30 points a game from Lillard. McCollum's going to come in and have you know, his breakout games where he's dropping 40 sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Both of these guys are pretty unguardable. And that's what I absolutely love about the Trailblazers is the backcourt. Yeah. But when you've got guys like Rodney Hood and Zach Collins um, at your, your forward positions and you got to worry about guarding guys like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron James, um, in the West, it's a little questionable. Um, like Rodney Hood, I mean, he's he's every bit of like six seven, six eight. Like he's long, but he's not exactly like thick. And I mean, Zach Collins is going to get bullied probably by most yeah. fours. He has been so far in his career. Yeah, he just gets uh, moved all around. Yeah, but definitely helps. You know, having Whiteside behind them to to protect the rim, uh, and then some bench players uh, for the the Trailblazers. Their draft picked Nasir Nasir Little out of UNC. Um, don't really know what you're going to get from him. I don't think he's going to actually play that all that much this year. Um, but then they added Pau Gasol, uh, Kent Bazemore. So, you know, curious to see, I guess, what happens to the Blazers, but they've always been pretty, you know, pretty solid as far as, you know, their win total because Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are able to, you know, to carry them, honestly. So their over under the season is at 46 and a half, and I think I'm going to go with the over. Uh, last season, they won 53 games, so they were a, a game behind the Nuggets. I don't think they get quite that high this season, but I definitely think that they're flirting with that 50 win total again. 
Okay, okay. Um, I'm actually taking the under on the Blazers this year. And I'm sad to say it because I do really love Damian Lillard. And I do, of course, love CJ McCollum, who is a fellow Canton, Ohio native. So that's always a big plus when we talk about the Blazers and CJ. Um, Obviously, the backcourt is going to do their thing. They're going to score in bunches just like they always do. I really have no idea what to expect from Hassan Whiteside because he really hasn't put any kind of effort on the basketball court the last couple of years. And doesn't he, he didn't even finish games down there in Miami. Um, so I don't really, I don't think Nurkic is coming back until at least February range. So outside of Whiteside, they have no real bigs that I'm too worried about. And then they don't, they lost both their wings that they used. They don't have Aminu. They don't have Harkless who right. are not going to pretend like they're incredible wing guys. Um, but they were better than I think what they're left with as far as, especially defensively. Uh, they're going to need a lot out of Kent Bazemore at the wing if they want to make any real noise. And I just, I just feel like 53 a year ago was an overachievement for them. So I think I'm taking the under, but definitely look out. They love this kid, Anfordy Simons, mm-hmm. who's a 20-year-old, and they're like, He's apparently going to lead their bench unit this year. And he's somebody who I think maybe if the Cavs down the road are looking to trade Kevin Love, who the rumor has been for years, it seems like, that the Blazers are interested in him. Uh, I think I want that Anthony Simons cat thrown into that that deal if that does happen. But yeah, this year I'm definitely taking the under on the Blazers. Gotcha. Okay. So – Moving on to the Oklahoma City Thunder, who had a complete makeover this offseason. They went 49-33 and 33 last year, obviously had MVP candidate Paul George, uh, and then a reigning MVP in Russell Westbrook, who also averaged uh, triple-double for his third straight season. Uh, the Thunder, man. Yeah. They, you know, are kind of in the, the rebuild stage now. I mean, you got Chris Paul which we don't really know if he's going to be there all year. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say for them, it's best that he's not there all year. Maybe. Um, Also another candidate to be moved to Miami. Yes, that was the rumor. So, you know, Chris Paul, say Gilgis Alexander, uh, one of the trade pieces, like one of the bigger trade pieces they got from the Clippers for that Paul George deal. Uh, Terrence Ferguson, who... Um, very young. I mean, he's only 21 years old, pretty athletic. Like he's kind of a freak threw down some nasty dunks last year. Kind of caught me off guard. Um, and then Danilo Gallinari, another guy coming over from that Clippers deal. He's kind of a, a help now guy. So it's like, it's confusing because you don't know if Oklahoma city is still trying to compete now. I mean, you got Gallinari, you got Adams, you got Chris Paul. And if they keep them all year, it's like, uh, it's almost like, what were you guys doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I trust um, Sam Presti because he's, you know, pretty notorious for making good moves. I mean, most of the moves that that, the Thunder have made in the last five years have turned out like to be pretty good for them. So I don't know. I mean, they're projected to have 32 and a half wins this year. And I think 
that's tough to say because if they keep this roster as is, I'm going to take the over, but I'm expecting like Chris Paul to be moved and, you know, possibly even Steven Adams to be moved, you know, expecting that to happen. It's, I got to take the under, right? I don't know. Do you? Well, I'm going to take, you got to pick one. I'm going to take the under fully expecting that this roster will not be the same at the end of the season. So I'm going to stick by that. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you pretty much covered it all with the Thunder. Um, I think they need to get rid of Chris Paul as soon as they can and just mm-hmm. totally rebuild this because he's he's due to make, uh, wait for it, $44 million, Chris Paul is, in his age 36 season. So mm, I just don't up. really want to do that. And on top of that, they have Shea Gillius-Alexander, as you said, who I really, really like. Um, so he's he's the point guard of the future for this team. And yeah, they have somewhere around 39 draft picks that they acquired from Paul George from that up the Paul George deal. (laughs) They really did. This is a transitional year. And I think I'll take the under as well. Banking on like Gallinari hasn't been healthy. Uh, He struggled to stay healthy, I should say. And then I don't think Chris Paul's on this team for too, too long. So I'll take the under. Yeah, for sure. Um, So moving on to the final team, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who were the last, were in last place in this division last year at 36 and 46. We mentioned how competitive this division was last year. Four of the five teams were over 49, win, 49 wins, which is crazy. Um, but the Timberwolves, I would say, have been a letdown. Um, yep. I can remember, was it two or three years ago when we were sitting in, um, Dan's basement and watching the draft and Jimmy Butler got traded. Jimmy Butler got traded to the wolves. What? Yeah. And we thought like the wolves were going to be a team to reckon with, you know, for the next 10 years. Yeah. Especially with, you know, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony towns. We were like, all right, like these guys are going to be good. And it's just not true at all. Um, yeah, he's not on the team anymore. Towns is definitely, you know, every bit of what we thought he would be. Um, 24 and a half a game, 12 boards a game. He's, you know, he's their play. He's their guy. He's their player. Um, Andrew Wiggins. It's like, it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, what, like, what are you? You're not the first overall pick that you should be or should have become at this point. Um, thank God that we didn't keep him. I'm going to be honest. Yep. I've been saying that for years, even when they did it. Yeah. Like we got Kevin and that was awesome. But like everybody kind of said, you know, we should have kept Wiggins because he can actually defend and he's, you know, good on offense. Andy, but it's like, spoiler alert. He can't defend. Yeah. Doesn't want to defend. I would say no It's more like it. Um, he gets his feelings hurt and then hides in the corner for eight possessions in a row. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Um, but then they got Robert Covington um, two years ago, I believe. Or was the last offseason in that move that, that they sent the, Jimmy? Yeah, the Jimmy Butler. That was actually yeah. early during last season. Okay. So yeah. they sent him to Philadelphia. Um, or sent Jimmy to Philadelphia. Got Robert Covington back. Also got Dario Saric, who's now obviously on the Suns. Yep. Um, their draft picked 
was Jarrett Culver, who um, a lot of people had as like a top five player in the draft this year. Yeah. Um, kind of excited to see like what he becomes because I, I kind of liked him at Texas Tech. I liked watching him. So, sure. uh, and then rounding out their starting lineup, um, Jeff Teague, who is kind of. Yeah. Yep, my name's Jeff. <laughs> kind of, um, you know, a little bit on the. I say maybe a little bit on the decline as far as his career goes. Um, but he, I mean, he does a, a good enough job, I think for the, for the Timberwolves, they were 23 and 18 when he started at point guard. So winning record when you're starting is always good news. Um, but their over under for this season is at 35 and a half. Um, they won, 36 games last year and I'm going to give um, I'm going to give the uh, the Timberwolves an over for that 35 and a half but I don't think that they get to 40 okay so probably not a playoff team mm-hmm. but yeah um, my thing is pretty simple with the Timberwolves obviously Carl Towns is still going to put up those numbers uh, great fantasy guy but I gotta start seeing this team win some games if I'm gonna consider him in the NBA's elite players. Um, like you said, Culver, I really think he could be good, but I don't know too much as far as like where he fits on this team because they already have Wiggins and Covington who are starter caliber players. So like, I don't think like they're, they're all the same type of player. So it's, it's a little confusing to me. But Jeff Teague's been the same exact player for the last six or eight years. Um, and I'm just kind of bored with it a little bit with the Jeff Teague stuff. And then Wiggins, as you said, and I said, he just pouts sometimes. He gets bored and looks like he doesn't want to be there. And it's just the most frustrating thing ever. So I need to see some passion out of that kid. I remember watching him in high school in person, and he didn't have passion then. So I don't know why I thought he would have it in the <laughs> NBA. Right. But here I am. We traded him for Kevin Love, and we got a big gold trophy. So I'm Thank okay with God. it. And I am going to take the under on the Timberwolves because I thought they'd be good last year and they pissed me off. <laughs> so go win 32 games, gotcha. Timberwolves. So obviously a big start to the 2019-2020 NBA season is Tuesday of this week. Um, is the Clippers-Lakers game Tuesday? It is tomorrow, yes. It is tomorrow. Love it. That's going to be fun. I can't wait. Fortunately, it is at 10.30 p.m. Oh, okay. Um, damn it. Yep. That's so upsetting. I'm going to stay up and watch a quarter. I think I might watch a quarter too. Have uh, to. I don't know if I will. I, I, I do love have. LeBron. I know. He's but my then entire here's, world. Here's what happens. You watch a quarter and then you're watching the half. And then, oh, yep. <sighs> um, anyway, so let's get into our top five this year as we're talking about the NBA season coming to TikTok. So our top five today is our top five duos in the NBA that we are most excited about. So it's not our top five duos overall, but it's our top five that we're most excited about. And we're going to rip through this top five real quick. Midday, what do you think? Yes, I think I would love to rip through everything. Love that. So starting at number five, we've got the Dallas Mavericks duo in Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, have them at number five because we don't really know what Porzingis is going to be. 
coming off that ACL injury. Uh, Luca is the real deal. I think we both can agree on that one. Oh, but, I love Luca. Uh, very curious to see how Porzingis comes back from that injury. Um, but I think we're both pretty excited to see this duo and what they can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, number four, coming at the number four slot, we threw Joel Embiid and Benjamin Simmons, who Benjamin. obviously lead the uh, Eastern Conference powerhouse. Uh, there's only two of them that I think have a real chance in the Sixers, and they're my pick to go to the finals this year. And Embiid and Simmons are going to lead that charge. Embiid worked on his conditioning, hopefully lost a little bit of weight. So that should make him even better. And Ben Simmons is pretending like he's going to shoot threes, but we all know he's not going to shoot him at a very high percentage, but it's, it'll be, it's always interesting to see a six ten point guard run around there throwing dimes. <laughs> it is. You're right. So coming in at number three, we've got the trailblazers backcourt in Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. We talked about them obviously today a little bit about how like setting they are both averaging over 20 a game last season. Uh, it's just fun to watch a backcourt when you've got two guys that can really just go out and get their own bucket whenever the hell they want. Um, mm. I think that that's why um, we like them so much, not to mention that I've got a Damian Lillard Jersey and CJ is obviously from Canton, Ohio. So Tough to root against those two, both small mid-major college guys as well. So oh, fun to see. Definitely. Shout out Glen Oak. Um, yeah, moving right along into number two, we have my favorite player in the history of the world and one of the all-time people who can do no wrong unless they're commenting on geopolitical issues. But we're not going there. Um, it's LeBron and Anthony Davis, who obviously headlined the Los Angeles Lakers. I am excited to watch them pick and roll every single team to death when you combine Anthony Davis's athleticism at the 4-5 position with LeBron's incredible vision and passing. And it's just going to be fun to watch. So, yeah, LeBron and AD get the number two spot. Love it. So, number one, coming in at number one, we've got James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Yes, that's right. James Harden <laughs> and Russell Westbrook. So I would say I'm not like the biggest Russ or Harden fan. Um, okay. I think that, you know, just from conversations we've had about, about Russ and Harden that, you know, I definitely am pretty critical of at least Russ a little bit, just how he plays. And you don't love selfish basketball players. Yeah. And I mean, I think that his, his heart and his mind is in the right place, but there's something about him sometimes that just bugs me. But I know he's out there to win, and I know he's out there you know, for his teammates, and he's definitely one of the hardest triers in the league. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to knock somebody for that. But you know, definitely the top of the list for our most um, intriguing duos to watch this season because I'm very curious to see how the ball is going to work because the ball does not get split in half. You can't cut that thing in half and play with it. Not Harden, yet. Harden led the league last year with 39.6% um, usage rating. And then Russ was right behind him, not in second, but he was still up above 30% um, for that usage rating. So I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen because I'm an advocate for this backcourt. I think it's going to work. So, but I'm curious to see how it's going to work. Most definitely. Um, but I think that it's going to be fun and I'm excited for the NBA season to get underway tomorrow. 
Uh, I know Mide is a bigger basketball fan than he is football fan. Not by much, but enough. Oh, I love, love, love basketball. So you're excited as well to, um, you know, to for the basketball season to get underway. Wow. Oh, yeah. Two. It's like Christmas Eve. Yeah, it it almost is for you. Love it. And um, real quick, Mide, we've got to uh, to give a quick pick them for the Thursday game. The Minnesota Vikings will be taking on the Washington Redskins. Uh, it's going to be in Minnesota. Um, Mide, tough one for you. What are you thinking? Tough one. I'm thinking real hard about it, and I'm taking the Vikings and the resurgent Kirk Cousins to win this football game by a right. lot of points. A lot of points. Even without Adam Thielen, I think I'm going to also be taking the Vikings in this one. So that's Thursday Night Football. We'll be back on Thursday to give you the rest of our pickums and talk a little bit maybe about the Browns coming up this week. Excited for that one. Always, always. Super Slacker.